say the game is getting old. Monday morning and your coffee's cold. Life is not what you want it to be. You need another chance to be heard. Hello, everyone, and welcome to A New Direction. My name is Jay Izzo, and I have told you at least 60 times before I have a great show, right? And you believe me because you go, well, yeah, they are great shows. Today? Oh, do I've got something. This isn't going to be great. This is going to this is going to be the best show ever. I am telling you, I have Omar L. Harris with me today. And this book, I'm holding this book up for those people who are watching me on uh, on Facebook Live right now. This book, Leaderboard, Leaderboard, the DNA of high performance teams. Folks, this book is a game changer. This is not this is not your mommies and daddies. Oh, let's talk about leadership and let's talk about teams. No, this is I'm about to just take this thing on. This bad boy is on and I'm about to show you how to create a high performance team. It is practical, it is applicable and it is going to blow you away. Omar Harris is fabulous. He's outstanding. He's a cool dude. He also has a radio voice, man. You think I got a radio voice? You wait to hear Omar's radio voice, man. He's he's just got a great voice and he's got a great personality. And we're going to hang out at the kitchen and we're going to talk about leaderboard, the DNA of high performance uh, teams. And I'm just telling you, I can't be more excited. I've loved this book. Uh, it's it's just a fantastic book. But let's do what we do every week. What do we do every week? You know what we do? I check in with you to find out how are you doing in the four areas of your life. You know, I believe we are four-part people, physical people, mental people, emotional people, and spiritual people, right? So where are you today, right now? Where are you today physically on a scale of 1 to 10? 1 being miserable, 10 being outstanding. What is that number for you today? Right now, what is that number? You got that number, right? You know, five is average. You know, six is above average. Four is a little below average, right? Why? And then ask yourself, why am I there? Why am I that number, right? And then ask the next question. What do I got to do to get to the next number, right? What is it? What do I got to do, right? So if you are a seven today, and I hope you are a seven today, all right? If you're a seven today, you, you, your goal here is not to get from a 7 to 10 right now. Your goal is to get to like a 7.5, okay? What do you need to do to get to 7.5? What are the little things that you could do? Because you're already pretty good. What can you do to get just a little bit better, right? Do you change your eating habits? Do you do, you do a little bit different in your exercise? Do you increase the cardio? You know, what are the things that you need to do to change that, right? And if you're a 3 today, I don't want you to get from a 3 to a 10. I don't even want you to get to a 3 to a 5. I want you to get to a 3 to a 4. What do you need to do to change that? Right, and they could be even bigger things, right? You know that you need to do right to get those things changed. So think through that. Scale of one to ten. What's that number? What's your first number? You got that first number? There's your physical number. Second, right? Mentally, same scale, one to ten. One miserable, ten out, ten just outstanding. How are you mentally? Meaning, meaning, what are you feeding your brain? Right, two sides of a brain: left side, right side. Right, left side's that logical side, the Mr. Spock side. The right side is that creative side. Right, that that side that's exciting and and fun and and you know oh life right. How are you feeding those halves of your brain? What are you doing to do that? Right. You can read. You can certainly read stuff. You can you can do all sorts of things. But what is it that you're doing to change that? And and where where are you with that number? Right. Are you consuming Are you consuming junk? Right. Are you consuming things that are helping you grow mentally? Right. Do you know what I think? I think the news really kills us mentally. You know why? Because there's nothing but bad news. <laughs> on the news. There's no such thing as good news. So what are you doing to enhance both halves of those brains, right? Good. Okay. You got that third area emotionally. Where are you at on the scale? One to 10. One being miserable, 10 being outstanding. Where are you at emotionally? Meaning, how's your emotional quotient? You know, how's your emotional intelligence doing? You know, like do the little things tick you off? Are they, do they just irritate you? Do the little things irritate you? Or, or, or are you in control of your emotions? You know, that's all intention, right? You know, that's all about you just being very intentional with your emotions, that you can control them if you want to. I have said this to my psych class over and over again. You know, you could kick me in the shin. I do not have to respond the way you think I may respond. I have a myriad of responses. Yes, I just used the word myriad. But the truth is, I do have a lot of responses. I, I could cry. I could laugh. I could run away. I can get angry. I could do a number of things. It's my choice. 
That's the beautiful thing about my emotions. It's not always easy, but I do have a choice of how I'm going to emotionally respond. So how are you being able to handle your choices emotionally on that scale of one to 10? And then what can you do to change it? How can you be more intentional about that? How can you be more in control of your choices? And then finally, the last area of your life, the spiritual area of your life. People go, what do you mean? Right? So the spiritual area, this is the area that we really don't and don't have an explanation for. We can't explain, but we know it exists. Right? We, even, if, even if we don't want to admit that exists, even if we try to deny it, we know that there is something out there. There's the unexplainable. There's that area of our life that we can't explain that touches us, what we call deep in our soul, something that brings us back to center, something that we go, you know, there's just something about something that I can't explain, but I know it's very real. And I know it even though I can't see it. And it, and it gives me hope. It gives me faith. Right? Spiritual. Right? For some people, it's God. Some people, maybe nature. Some people, maybe karma. How are you doing in that area? Because it's just equally as important, right? And and if, and if it happens to be that that God is what you do, then then how is that going for you? How's that relationship going for you? If it's nature, how's that going for you? Right? So those are your four areas of your life. And the four areas of your life, you know what? Like sitting in a chair, right? If the chair is uneven, it's kind of hard to sit in that chair, isn't it? In those four areas, right? Four legs of a chair, four areas of your life. And if the chair is too low, it makes it difficult to sit in it and to get out of it at the same time. So the whole idea is to get your chair at the right height so that what you can do is that you can have that chair be a great chair to sit in as the most comfortable. So you know what? Let me just tell you something about the man that I am about to interview today because he is outstanding. And you know what? He's a little bit of everything, quite frankly. He really is. He is, he is, I, you know, I want to say that he's an entrepreneur, but he's more than an entrepreneur. I want to say that he is a leader, but he's more than just a leader. I want to say that he is a creator, but he's more than just a creator. I want to say that he is someone who influences the lives of a ton of people, but he does more than that. His name is Omar Harris, and Omar Harris is absolutely one of uh, probably, I would say, one of the young leading authors, uh, corporate entrepreneurs, trainers, teachers uh, in the world, because he's actually talking to me right now from Sao Paulo, Brazil. He is, uh, he is, he's, he's, he's developed teams. He is a certified Gallup strength coach, which you know how I love Gallup strength coach. He's an award-winning fiction author. In addition to being a best-selling uh, um, non-fiction author, he's, a, he's an independent publishing guru, entrepreneur, 21-year veteran of global pharmaceutical industry. He has published works are One Blood, From Authors to Entrepreneurs, Fate, The Leaderboard, the book that we're talking about today. Uh, he is also working on the sequel, and I can't wait to ask him about Halo. Oh, man, I'm so excited about Halo. But he is absolutely outstanding, and you're going to love him today. I promise you, you're going to fall in love with Omar Harris. And so, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, Omar Harris. Omar, welcome to A New Direction. Jay, thank you so much for having me today, and uh, thank you very much for that very, uh, very great uh, introduction. I really appreciate that. I feel like uh, I'm with a kindred spirit, really, uh, and I want to I want to do your assessment because I, I love those four things, the physical, the mental, emotional, spiritual. I'd say I'm about a six physically today, Good. Uh, mentally eight, emotional, I think I'm a nine, and spiritually I'm a seven, so I've got some work to do like we all do, Yeah. and I'm excited to talk to you today. Good. Oh, what's going on physically? Let's let's just check in with you. Let's find out what's going on. With physically, you. physically, I, I need to get. I get. To, I gotta get to the gym, man. I've gotta get to the gym. I, I've just I've just uh, fallen off the wagon a little bit, gained a little bit of weight, and I've got to get my uh, my 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 physically physical right. I've got to get back into the gym. So I think that's my goal tomorrow morning. I'm gonna wake up, go to the gym, and get back on the wagon. Thanks to you. That was awesome. No, there's no think. There's just do. <laughs> exactly exactly i hear you i hear you brother. so so omar the book the leaderboard um, um people on facebook and by the way i want to just thank everybody who's on facebook right now people are jumping on the show and i also want to thank the folks on Castbox fm who are listening to the show on live as well um thank you for doing that so this book i have said to you and i want to just tell everybody this book is if i were to summarize it this is like going okay let me do it this way so one of my favorite uh, artists is Garth Brooks. And when Garth Brooks was first coming out, I loved listening to his music. And I, I just couldn't get all the albums, right? But when he came out with that compilation set of albums, it was this box set, and it had every great hit that Garth Brooks ever did, and I had right. it in one box. That's this book. 
This book is like having Garth Brooks compilation <laughs> set of every great book that you have ever read. And then what you, in my opinion, what you've done is you've synthesized all these books, these great books, good to great, five, uh, the, the dysfunctions, uh, the seven dysfunctions, seven dysfunctions of leader, right? Five, 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 five dysfunctions of a teen. Yeah. And then five dysfunctions of a teen and then the seven effective habits of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Seven Habits, right? So it's like you've taken all these great books, you've put them together, but not you just didn't reiterate the books. You took them and then said, "This is how and uh, this is how you're going to apply the books to your teams, and this is how you're going to develop the DNA." Because, and I thought this was really cool when you open up the book, you had this aha moment when you were. It was a biology class, right? It was like a biology class that you were taking or, or something yeah, that, that had... Exactly, exactly. Uh, high school biology and uh, made the connection. I, yeah, one of my strengths is ideation. I made a connection between, you know, basically uh, leadership, uh, leading basically the biology, basically the, the fact that genes have a, exist to form a function and the fact that teams also exist to perform a function. But in the case of genes, you have different... Uh, different activators, a catalyst. But in the case of teams, the catalyst is the leader. But leaders are are not really acting as catalysts of high performance today. Leaders are more managers and not and not really driving to high performance outcomes. Why is that? I think well, I, I describe this as a, a bit of a journey. I think leadership has has evolved over the years. Uh, I mean, from lead, what I call leadership 1.0 to leadership 3.0. But we're in what I call leadership 3.0 to now, and this is really. Leadership 1.0 is about going from the farm to the factory. Leadership 2.0 is about individual exceptionalism plus group dynamism, which is like the space race, JFK, and the space race. And now we're in group dynamism plus a technology assist. So everything happens through teams. It's less about star players today. It's more about star teams. But leaders are still stuck in the, I want a few A players, and then we're going get to the, get to the, you know, the promised land with a few A players. And there's just too much work, and there's too many things that happen and too much change. Uh, for a team of just a few star players to consistently drive to high performance results. So you've got to get the most out of every individual on your group. Because leaders are not focused on getting the most out of every person, that's why we have this global engagement crisis. Because really only a few people are being valued in enterprises, and everyone else is kind of like, what do I do? What, what's my worth? You know, you have these talent management reviews where only a few people are valued. And I look at everyone as having value, and how do I actually extract the maximum value from every person so that I can combine a team together that can really drive performance. Wow. <laughs> All I'm going to say is, wow, that's pretty, that's pretty awesome. I, I had never, I had never put that together that there's this 1.0, 2.0, but it makes complete sense when you say it because you're right because I see this. I, I, I'm I'm a sports guy, but I see this in sports, right? We're even yep. we're even seeing this in the sports. We're we're like, you know, team. They're looking for a couple. I mean, look at what LeBron is doing to basketball, right? I mean, it, oh yeah, right. I mean, it's okay if I just get that one or two really high power players, right? We don't even know who the other three people are on the court or who's right. on the bench, right? right? We don't. We really exactly. don't. And nor do we care, right? But but even but we see it in the NFL. We see how I mean, we see it even in college sports, especially college football, right? Trying to get that we're trying to get those few star A one recruits because and then you know we fill in with the other people and and we are we still are kind of doing that, aren't we? In business today, we're we're going okay. If I can just get a couple superstars, and then you know what, the rest are just okay. You know they just need to be average, and I can be really successful. That's not what that's not what leaderboard says. No, no, it's not sustainable. Believe me, I've tried, uh, and it, it it doesn't work. And it, it's sort of like necessity is the mother of invention, Jay, as you know. And I've been I've been in situations where I've had to make make it work with the, with the group that I had. I couldn't make changes, and I I changed my mind where about that because I was like, listen, rather than be upset about the the human capital that I have. Maybe the reason why this group has not achieved what they're supposed to achieve is because no one has tried to extract or understand what they're really great at before. Mm-hmm. And strength, being a strengths coach, I'm naturally tuned into what people are great at, not what they're bad at. So I automatically focus on that. And when I focus on that on an individual level, then I combine it with 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 a team with team principles. And when I thought about you know the Bruce Tuckmans, you know 
behavioral psychology article uh, of group for- formation, you know, the, the right. stages of the four stages of group formation, forming, storming, norming, and performing. You may have heard of those four stages if you're on the line, heard those four stages. I know you know about them, Jay. But when you combine those two ideas together, what you get is uh, you need to move the group forward. Individual talents, superstars are not going to move a group to high performance. You, you, you might be in storming forever if you only have a superstar talent. You may never get to performance. You may get a few achievements under your belt, but you'll never get to high performance sustainability if you don't get the most out of every single individual on that team, tap into their strengths, put them in their strength zones, and let them let them uh, empower them to get the job done. We're talking with Omar Harris, author of this book, outstanding book entitled Leaderboard, The DNA of High Performance Teams, and he's joining us here on A New Direction. A New Direction is brought to you by our awesome ed, ed sponsors, right? From the very beginning, inline business brokers and advisors have been our sponsor, and we are so grateful for them to sponsor uh, our show along with Omar Harris. They they literally have helped thousands of clients in the sale purchase of businesses. They represent probably profitable privately held companies with gross annual revenues in excess of a million dollars. Inline delivers the highest market value in the shortest amount of time with complete confidentiality. That is the registered trademark. You can learn more by going to inline.com. That's E-N-L-I-G-N.com. And Linda Craft and Team Realtors. It doesn't matter where you're at in the world. If you're looking for the best professional to help buy or sell your home, They've been around for over 34 years, and there's a reason why they are known to being the legends of customer service. So check out Linda Craft and her team, because they can help you regardless of where you're at. And you can learn more by going to www.lindacraft, L-I-N-D-A-C-R-A-F-T dot com, and you can check them out. And also, I need to give a shout out to, uh, I'm wearing the t-shirt shout out of the week, and that goes to the, I I have the Stockyard Cafe t-shirt, but actually what has happened, they have changed their name. Right, they are now. Uh, they are no longer the stockyard, but they're the barnyard cafe. And uh, I want to just uh, give them a shout out because it's great to hear that they reopened. Because that comes from my little town of Wahoo, Nebraska, where I uh, went to high school. And I'm so grateful to hear that they've reopened and that people are so happy and that the food is good, solid hometown country food. And you know how I feel about that. When it's solid comfort food, that's com- comfort food. And when there's comfort food. It's delicious. It just means I got to work out harder. So, uh, t-shirt, t-shirt, shout out to uh, the folks there at the Barnyard Cafe. All right. So let's talk about uh, these the, the, these four these four beautiful uh, ways that a team transitions. Uh, Omar. And by the way, we're back with Omar Harris here, author of Leaderboard: The DNA of High Performance Teams. In case you're just joining us. So we have we we have this forming, storming, norming, performing thing and I I, I, I I'm trying to get people to wrap their mind around this can we walk through this and then walk through are you okay with walking through this a little bit to help people oh, definitely definitely so I want to go back to the go back to the scientific basis so what Bruce Tuckman did what Bruce Tuckman did exactly similar to what I did with leaderboard was Bruce Tuckman did not write an original article about 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 uh, group formation what he did was he amalgamated all the research from different disciplines of, of psychology on groups Groups of up to 20 to 25 people, and he and he he found the core found a very interesting correlation of what happens when you put groups of people together. And when he was doing his research on the various different studies he put together in in his uh, landmark article, he he created uh, four stages. Actually, there are five stages, but uh, but we'll talk about the four right. primary stages um, that he that he listed. He basically said a group of people when they come together. Uh, they are very oriented toward, towards the task. So what are we supposed to do? So a group without a thing to do is not a, is not a, is not a group, right? Basically, they become forming. So forming right. is when the people come together and have to figure out what is our task, right? That's, that's the stage of forming. Right. Storming is when uh, there become conflicts in relation to how to complete the task. So basically, a group of people will come together. They're given a task. The next thing you will observe, you look at a group of people with, okay, who's going to do what, by when, how, who's responsible, who's better, who's not better, who's pulling their weight, who's not pulling their weight, who who do I like, who do I not like? So that's storming. Storming is like the worst. And we've all gone through storming on a group with a group of people on a team. It's horrible. Um, it's it's really a mess because really we lose our orientation as it relates to the task. We begin thinking about our own individual goals as it relates to the task, which prevents us from achieving the task. If you get through storming, you end up in norming. And norming is when, because we've gone through storming, 
uh, and we we've we battled it out with each other. We come to a point where finally we agree, we we begin to agree on some things. We agree on timelines. We agree on who's going to do what. We agree on the nature of the task and and, and how we're going to achieve the task. Uh, we agree on metrics. Um, and so we get to a point of agreement. So now we're norming and we can begin to make some progress when we're in the norming phase as a, as a group of people. However, norming is confused with performing all the time. But norming is not performing because of one simple reason. Because of you, because of the fact that the group has gone through storming and because of the fact that they are still sensitive to the bruises gained by storming, they exist in a false harmony. So norming teams exist in a false harmony. They don't want to disagree with each other because they don't want to go back to storming. Right. But they have to disagree productively. They have to learn how to disagree productively to get to high performance because high performance comes out of debate, discussion, deciding and doing. So until you can debate without uh, without people taking things personally, you can never get to actual high performance. Okay. So that's the, the, how you get to performing. OK, so so before you go performing, can I is it OK if I try to do an analogy here to kind of relate this, see, see if this Please. works? I want to see Please. if this works. So I think of it kind of as when norming is like you're you're you you're forming your high school band, right? Right. And you know the first time you form your high school, no, you, everybody wants you know everybody wants to play lead guitar, and you know then you have you have to div- divvy up the instruments, and then norming to me is when you start to get pretty good, but you just stay in your garage and nobody else hears you. Exactly. Exactly. Is that is that a you're pre- still a garage band? You're still a garage band. I mean you you you're playing. You're playing pretty good. You sound good. You're actually doing what you're supposed to do with a group of people, but you're not selling records. You're not actually <laughs> achieving anything. And we're not playing in uh, front of anybody. <laughs> yeah, you're not playing in front of it. You, have, you haven't moved. To, you're not on the big stage yet. You haven't actually moved that that show out of the garage. So I, exactly right. You're, okay. All right. you're not there. I mean, I, I use a basketball example in in the book because I'm very passionate about basketball. I played basketball in, in high school and and uh, so I use a basketball example, but a band example is just as, just as uh, apt. I think. Yeah, I love your basketball. By the way, the the basketball example, before we get to performing, because I, I know you're chomping at the bit to do performing, but I do want to let people know that that, that what, what he did here, what Omar did here, was he actually takes a story, and I don't know if the story is real or not, but it, it could have been made up, it, but it sounds plausibly real. And he tells you the story, and he takes you through all these pieces, and then at the end of this book, he gives you the the nuts and bolts of how to actually apply this to your teams. It, I, I found this story, by the way, I just want to tell you, Omar, the story was just so incredibly well-written. It gave me just enough tension to go, well, dang it, Sam, get yourself together. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, I mean, it just gave me just enough where I really was, and then I was mad at Jim at first, and then I came to like Jim at the end, you know, I was like, <laughs> right? And then, and then Myra was kind of like, I want to, I just was like, come on, come on. <laughs> Right, and um, I love I love CC. CC was a great character, right? I could see the Bill Murray in him, right? He had the whole thing. Yeah. So there's yeah. A, right, see, I did read the book. I know, right? Yeah, I definitely read the book. I really appreciate you. You definitely, definitely I, did your. But homework, I got, so I, I got, I got endeared to these characters. That's amazing. That's amazing. I got no, into, I mean, I, I got into Alicia. I did, I did, I totally did. It, Jay, it is a true story, actually. Okay. So, so it's based on the the best team that I ever worked for. And of course, the names have been changed to protect the innocent. And of course, you know, there there are changed scenarios and whatnot. Right. But a lot of that dynamic that you that you feel in the book, the feeling of yeah. it is what it felt like to me when I was on that team. I was a young. I w- my character in the book is actually Alicia. Were you Alicia? I'm Alicia. In the oh, book. really? Yeah. So I just changed my gender and and right. uh, changed a few other details about myself. But yeah, I, I put my I'm in the book. I'm Alicia because I was on the team as well. And and uh, yeah, and and. and so it, it's based on real, and Coach is really like that. I mean, he really is an amazing person uh, and and one of the best, smartest leaders I've ever worked for and really was able, he didn't he didn't have a book like Leaderboard to do what he did, but he, he had this innate ability to right. put people together and build high-performance teams that I've been trying to mimic ever since. That's and awesome. I, I had to write a book to mimic what he does. <laughs> that's, that, I mean, that's, that's awesome. I wondered if the story was real, because the story is so good. Okay, I mean, the story is so good, and I was telling my wife as I was reading this story, I said, this guy's genius. I said, he's telling me a story to to take the part, the nuts and bolts of his book and put it together, and I said, this is really a good story. I said, I don't know if it's real or not, but man, the details sure feel like it's real. That or he's just, I said, I, I don't know. 
I said, this has got to be. And so now that you've done that, thank you for clarifying that. Because I was, I was literally going, I wonder if this is real. I got to think it's got, it's got to be a real story. So let's talk about performing. The last stage in this whole thing is um, how do we how do we get to performing and then what is it? Or maybe what is it and how do we get there? So, I mean, Leaderboard is really focused on the, the first three stages of get, is helping a leaders recognize that their team is going to go through the stage and really rec- helping them understand the dynamic. So w- forming happens in three ways. Either you're new to the team, so you're a leader, you're new to the team. So the team could be existing, you can inherit a team, and the team will automatically go back to forming because you showed up. Your energy will change the dynamic of the team. Or the mission of the team changes. So basically the team was already performing, the mission changed, and now the team is forming again because you have to reform around the new task. And so maybe the, what worked in the old task will not work for the new task. And so that's really important that people understand that, you know, just because you get to performing, if the mission changes, you go right back to form. You have to go back to the stages all over again. Mm. Uh, or if any member of the team changes, you lose someone on the team, that goes, takes you back to forming. Or if new people come into the team, it takes you back to forming. So forming, is, a, is a, it always happens. It will always happen. It continually happens. So you, it's not like you can literally move past and hope that you get out of the woods and never have to go back. It will always come back around again. You have to continually go back to the principles of the book. But so performing is when you've coalesced and put it all together. So uh, everybody, there is high trust. There's high accountability. There's a lot of productive conflict on the team. Um, uh, there is a, a everybody is focused on continuous improvement. So basically, uh, there's no status quo thinking on, the, on the, in the team. People are trying to do more and deliver more and deliver more. Uh, and, and everybody operates as a single unit, as a seamless unit. That is performance. Where basically the leader, your job when the team is in performance is very different. Your job becomes setting new standards for this group of people who are already performing. You have a very different job as a leader when you're informing, storming, and norming. When you get to performing, now you're now you're the conductor. Now you want to decide how fast, how slow, how loud, how soft the group plays. And you have that power once you have that group fully calibrated. But I talk about that more in Halo uh, than I do in, in Leaderboard. Yeah, you do talk. You do talk a little bit about it in the uh, at the end of the book. So, let's 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 go through a little bit of this book, if you don't mind, and let's give read the listeners a taste of some of the I think some of the genius of this book because I just I just find it genius. And by the way, this book, uh, the leaderboard, the DNA of high performance teams. Can I just tell you, if you are a coach or consultant and you are working in uh for businesses or even if you're working for, i don't care if you're a sports team i don't care if you're a business team i don't care if it's your family unit did you hear me family unit this book is going to help you i have found this uh book to absolutely be if you if, if uh, people can't see it but i have my book so dog-eared uh, uh, that it it looks like it literally looks like somebody took a pair of scissors and literally chopped every other page off is what is how dog-eared and it is so covered in yellow from highlighting this book and let me just say about leaderboard the dna of high performance teams that he wrote here there is there's so much practical application he also gives you bitly links bitly yes b-i-t dot l-y he gives you bitly links that you can actually download some of this stuff and if you buy the book right if you actually purchase this book there's a qr code in the back you can download all the stuff he's talking about I mean, he's like giving this stuff away so that you can do it. This is, this is how great this book is. He is giving it away. The guy could be making millions coaching you because he could charge you whatever he wanted to charge you to make you successful. Instead, he's just going to give it away. Oh, are you kidding me? That's how brilliant this is. That's that's how awesome this is. So I, I was like going, the guy, just gave, the guy just gave away a million dollars worth of secrets here because he has literally put the books like Good to Great, uh, he, you know, dysfunctions of a team, seven habits, and all the books. Uh, the, what the, the twenty-one absolute things of leadership. Uh, the, I mean, he's he's taken my. He's. I'm just telling you, he's just put them all together, and then he's pulled them out, and he's found a way to to put this together. It's just the book is brilliant. It's available on Amazon, your favorite bookstore, anywhere that you are hearing me right now. Just go to your favorite bookstore, because you know what you're gonna find. You're gonna find that when you go there. Just to ask for leaderboard the DNA of high performance teams because uh, it's there. And if they don't have it there, you tell them 
darn it. You need to put it here because it's that good. Okay? So you tell him to do He's laughing at me. <laughs> but it's true. It's, it's that good of a book. So you get it on the shelf. Dang it. And then don't show the spine of the book. I want to see the front cover of the book because that's what that's what we want as authors. So exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. But I said, I just, Thank you very much for that, Dave. I, really I, lo- I love it. the book. By the way, he's not paying me a dime for that. Okay? I just want to let everybody know that. That was just me. I'm <laughs> this book. Uh, and in love with him too. He's just just really cool dude, and he's a great guy. So when you're going through, when we're going through this whole period of norming, you know, norming. I mean, forming, norming, storming, performing, or form, forming, forming, storming, norming, and performing. When we're going through those things, those areas as we transition, and I think it's a natural transition that happens. And of course, we can make mistakes, and we end up doing the shoots and ladders things where we fall back or maybe we jump ahead a little bit depending on where we're at. But there are other things that help us kind of get there along the way. And as Sam uh, takes, as Sam, we call coach, as Sam is working through this, he's trying to put together his key players and he's trying to, and Jim's trying to force his, you know, his guy into hit the team. And, and I feel the tension that Sam is a little reluctant, knows that he's a bright guy, but I'm not sure that I want to bring him into the team. And, and trying to make the team dynamics work, he's he's got a very limited amount of time to accomplish the task that he's got a task. I think he's got 14 months or something like that that yeah. he's got to accomplish this major task in there. And we start seeing that there is initially uh, we're feeling kind of good about where we're headed, but the time crunch and that pressure and everything comes in, and he's got to make some fast decisions to get things kind of moving in a in a really solid direction. So what is that first step that you like to take, you know, want to take as you're forming a team? What's that real first practical step you like to take? So, so the number one hack, and I'm going to give three three of these, so three, three key uh, tools that I think everyone who's listening uh, can take forward from this, uh, this session today. The first tool is what I call hiring the right whom, W-H-O-M. And whom is an acronym, and it stands for work ethic, heart, optimism, and maturity. And what I found is that when you're forming, once again, we're talking about high-performance teams building A teams, not A players. High-performance teams are more than intellect, more than educational pedigree, and even more than what you've done in your past. What you've done in your past does not matter, does not, is not necessarily reflective of what you're gonna do in the future, right? It's not necessarily indicative. Right. But if you have high work ethic, if you are passionate, and come to, day, come to work every day bringing your best self and are very passionate about the mission of the team. If you are optimistic and solution-oriented, so you see the way around barriers and over obstacles and you never stop until you, you solve the problem, and if you have the maturity to deal with inevitable disappointment that's going to come up when you work with another group of human beings, then that is much more indicative of future high performance than how smart the people of the group are. And so that's what I hire for. So I've created an assessment that you can download when you when you uh, purchase the book. That's once again for free, as Jay said. That you can basically download and utilize this. I utilized it this morning when I was interviewing a candidate for for uh, a, a report to one of my managers. I use it for all of uh, all of my hires uh, in my organization, and it really assesses where people fit on the work ethic, heart, optimism, and maturity scale, and allows you to make sure you you bring in the right DNA right from the start. Because one of the ways to hack high performance is bring in high performance DNA right from the beginning with the whom. I, I, That's the first tip. Yeah, I love this because I loved whom. Matter of fact, I said I, I'm a big fan of behavioral interviewing, and of which you are too. I, I could see that. Yeah, you definitely. Even, you even talk about that. And I thought, you know, he's assessing, as I'm reading this, I'm going, you know, he's using this whom assessment, work ethic, heart, optimism, and maturity. And I said, he's coupled that with a behavioral interview so that he can actually get at the behaviors, he, you know, you've operationally defined what work ethic is, what heart really is, what optimism is, what maturity is, and you're getting people to give their real life examples behaviorally to assess that. And I, and by the way, and you, I was about to say, and, and I'm so glad that you said it, but you actually give the assessment. 
<laughs> yeah, it's there. It, I mean, you just download it. It's right there in the book. Like it's 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 one of the main things you download when you go to the the, the resource center. So it's it's right. It's readily available. I loved I loved that the whom I thought that was genius. Matter of fact, I, again, my, my wife who owns her own real estate company, I said to her, I said, this is a game changer in terms of hiring. It's just a game changer, and I really do believe that for people. If they would hire, you know, we talk about hiring on the basis of your culture, and I think that's fine. I think you can do that to an extent, but if you've got, if your culture, if you know your culture well enough to know your work ethic, what kind of heart, optimism, and maturity, guess what? It's it's just such a clean fit, and I, I love that about that, just honestly. Well, I appreciate it, and it really is, and, and once again, this is this has worked in the Middle East, it's worked in Asia, it's worked in Latin America, it's worked in the U.S. It's it really is tried and tested around the world, and and these principles fit in, in different types of organizations, different types of situations, um, different team sizes. So so because these things are these behaviors are necessary for high performance. It's it just came came to me um, that these behaviors are necessary for high performance. People have to work hard. They have to have shared passion. They have to be able to solve problems, and they have to be mature enough to deal with disappointment, conflict, productively. Um, because by doing that, you hack, you begin to hack the storming phase. So if I have a group of people who already have these four elements come in the door, we're gonna move through storming really fast. We're gonna go through some storming, but we're gonna go through it really, really fast because of the next tool I'm gonna give you. Right, so let's talk about the storming phase. I think that, you know, I think some people can get stuck here. And, and I'm, I'm wondering if this is your experience as well, that my experience has been sometimes teams get stuck here in storming. And they never get through the storm. And I got stuck in storming for a year and a half okay. once with a team. And then, and what was, explain the storm and how you got through it. So I, I had to, so I, I basically was not utilizing whom. And it was a moment, of course, where I invented whom. I wasn't utilizing it to interview people, to create them. And I was utilizing what I thought was a good process, which was, you know, an HR screening for interview, a business case. Uh, assessment to see people on their feet, which is really effective. Um, and that was in a culture fit interview, basically to understand that they if they linked with the values of the enterprise that I was running at the time. But when I hired these leaders, what I what I found was these people actually uh, were very selfish, egotistical, and things I couldn't have picked out in these interviews. I, I couldn't pick out these behavioral attributes that I, I, we would, we, we didn't detect them during the, the, the screening and hiring process. These attributes of how they will work, interact with other people on the team, what their own uh, goals were, what they were driven by, their drivers and motivators were not clear, uh, other than their own uh, career interests. And also, uh, finally, I think that they didn't have the maturity to deal with disappointment. When people disappointed them, they basically wanted to crush them. So imagine in me with my leadership style as it is right now, servant leadership dealing with leaders who are very hierarchical top down, it created an automatic conflict and it was very difficult to get out of storming. So I had to innovate and create new tools, reconnect with these individuals and do what I should have done before I hired them. So that's where I got to the next tool, which was the interviewing. So interviewing, uh, I-N-N-E-R, not interviewing, interviewing is a step that happens once you've hired people. And it's a step that leaders should take to build immediate trust and connection with their uh, with their new hires. And this step allows you to right off the bat begin to understand someone's motivators, demotivators, likes, dislikes, uh, and uh, how they like to be rewarded, how they like to be praised. So I get a deep understanding of my of my employee right from the beginning, right from jump, right from onboarding. It creates trust with them because no one's ever asked them questions like this before. Uh, in an onboarding stage, uh, and we, we we align on our styles right from the beginning. So we understand what our mission is together. We understand how we're going to work together, and that sets the tone for the rest of our relationship. So once again, when the when the group goes to storming, because I have such a personal relationship with every person on my team, I can pull them aside and solve it much faster than had I not taken that step. I love interviewing, by the way. I, I matter of fact, I when I read that, I went. Oh my, that is uh, that is going to be something that is going to be in my toolbox because I was like, man, that makes so much sense. If you know your people, if you know your people deeper, you know what's going to happen is that when you know your people on a deeper level, 
you're going to be able to find out what really does truly motivate them. What is it? What is it that they're trying to avoid? What are they trying to? You know, what is it that really makes them tick? What is it that makes them want to? You know, do what they that you can get them to do. What is the carrot for them in front of the stick? And I said. You know what we do? We have a tendency to try to focus so much on what they're doing in the business. And what I love about interviewing is I am now looking at the person and I'm looking at the person individually and now I'm learning their story. And in terms of learning their story, that story starts to tell me, shed light on what it is that it's the way that I can get the most out of them. Exactly. So it's really, it really becomes very, very key because when you see conflicts begin to arise in the storming phase, you can just, you can, you can nip it in the bud right away. Because you know why people are having these conflicts. You understand it on an because you've already done the work. Versus trying to fix it after we're trying to fix these problems once they've arrived. Once people have hurt each other, it's and once trust has been broken, it can be very difficult to repair. But if you can anticipate that, uh, it makes it it takes you a long way towards uh, getting to high performance faster. We're talking with Omar Harris. He's the author and uh, of this book, great book entitled Leaderboard. The DNA of High Performance Teams. And he's brought to you today by inline business brokers and advisors. Are you a business owner? At some point, you're going to need the services of an experienced business broker. Selling your business is a big decision. Make sure you build your deal team, starting with the experts at inline business brokers and advisors. They're internationally known. I'm telling you, they're the leaders and experts when it comes to selling your business. You can learn more by going to inline.com. That's E-N-L-I-G-N.com. And Linda Craft and Team Realtors. Got to tell you, they're known for being the legends of customer service when it comes to real estate. So why not find out more about why that is? Why are they over 34 years successful through bad markets, good markets? Why are they able to do what they do? You know why? Because they understand how important the customer is and giving the customer what they absolutely need to be successful. And they have a team of experts that can do that. And Linda and her team absolutely are the leaders when it comes to real estate. You can learn more by going to lindacraft.com. That's www.lindacraft, L-I-N-D-A-C-R-A-F-T dot com. And they are bringing you a new direction. And we're talking with Omar Harris and his book, Leaderboard, the DNA, the DNA of High Performance Team. He's already given you a couple hacks already today, and he's giving you, I mean, he's giving you free, he's giving you free stuff. Folks, do you know what you would pay for this in the open market? I can't even tell you what the numbers are. The numbers are astronomical. That's how, that's how great it is, what he's giving you today. And it's very exciting that Omar is willing to just share openly and transparently with us. Uh, okay, so we're we're through storming, or we're getting you know we're getting through. So I, I I always wonder, you know, one of the things you talk about in storming at the end of your book when you're going through the um, performance accelerators, one of the things you talk about is that ego can get in the way uh, often in this in this area. Can you talk to talk a little bit about how ego can kind of get in the way of moving through the transitions? Definitely, I think uh, ego. You know, because because once again, people have been trained. So your your top talents know their top talents because they've been told their top talents their entire careers. Like you know, people telling LeBron James he's been great since he was 15 years old, right? So they know they're great. They're used to being great, and they want to be treated as if they're great. When you're leading a team, like in my case, I've been leading leaders of leaders of leaders. I'm leading the executive leadership team of an organization, right? So I'm leading people who are responsible for a function within a an organization. And when you have leaders who who their ego is more important than the mission, then it's very difficult to get out of storming because once again, it's about what's in it for them, not, and they don't understand what their actual, how they can actually add value to their organization and why they were put in that position in the first place. They weren't put in that position to serve their ego. They were put in that position, hopefully, because of the experience and achievements and learnings they've had throughout their career will allow them to more effectively support the people who are coming up behind them. That's what leaders are supposed to do is, is to support the organization by going after the front, knowing the way, showing the way, and going the way. And so ego gets in the way of your ability to do any of those things. So I think that ego is the enemy of high performance, for sure, in the organization. I could not agree with you more. I think we find that ego really can be that destructive force, that what it does is that that ego, ego gets in the way, and it's our pride 
golly, our pride is just can be such a pain. <laughs> it really can. It, it, exactly, which is why, which is why the whom I go back to the whom because whom uh, eliminates the ego element mm-hmm. because people who work hard for work's sake alone. They, they don't really have a lot of ego. People who are pa- – passion is the enemy of ego, right? Right. Um, uh, solution orientation, just trying to get – solving problems for, 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 for problem-solving sake, right? And ultimately maturity. I think those things be- – you begin to hack that. You begin to eliminate or minimize the impact of ego by hiring people with the right home. When you get deeper into the interviews – Basically, things come out that you would never believe. Like I had an interview, like I said this morning. Uh, well, I had a whom interview yesterday, uh, this morning, uh, that I got to a, a a realization about a candidate that I never would have gotten to if I had done normal uh, resume-based screening. I've had huge revelations come out of the interview process where I was like, oh my god, huge aha moments, right? In terms of how am I gonna? This this gave me the keys to the kingdom with this person. I know now what the driver is. I know how to work with this individual, and I know how to get the most out of them. The third key tip I'm going to give to you is a much, it's a more of a higher order, uh, higher order tip. But I'll I'll make it simple for you, which is this is about creating the leaderboards. The book is called Leaderboard, and what a leaderboard is, quite simply, is this: it's the realization that when you lead a group of people, there are people on your team who are naturally talented in one of four areas. So there are people on your team who are going to be great executors, people on your team who are going to be great at influencing positive outcomes, people on your team who are going to be great natural relationship builders, and people on your team who are going to be great at solving problems, strategic thinking. Your job as a leader, once you've hired the right whom and you've gotten the interview, is to put people in their strength zone. So let your executors execute for the group, that, for the for the good of the team. Let your influencers influence. Let your relationship builders build relationships and maintain relationships. And let your strategic thinkers. Uh, design path forward and generate options for you to solve problems, put people in their strength zones, empower them to do that, and then watch the performance fly. I love that because that's all part of the Clifton Strengths Finder, right? Exactly. It's, it's our, that, that's, the, that's, that's the strengths-based leadership uh, right. uh, in a, by a different name. The, the difference between leaderboard and strengths-based leadership is I gamify it. Right, right, right. You, you talk about gamify. Talk about gamifying that. So basically, you know, what you'll read about in the book is, and this, this, we really did this on, on this team, which was we would break down the week's tasks uh, and that we had four teams. We had an execution team, a influencing team, a relationship building team, and a strategic thinking team. And if you think about tasks, there are something for everybody to do if you think about it in those four, from those four domain perspectives. And we would have a list of tasks and individuals assigned to tasks. And the teams that got the, the task done the fastest in their domain would get points, and they would get a they would get a different perks. And the teams that came in last would get what we call the cactus. They would get a cactus on their desk for a week, and so they had to carry the cactus around. And it was a sign of failure. Um, but it really no one no one wanted the cactus basically, and everybody wanted the perks. So it began to generate this competitive spirit, a positive competitive spirit within the organ the group, and we were and we kept driving and driving and driving our performance even faster and, and higher. I love that. I think that was so cool. I love the cactus. Nobody wanted to be the cactus. Matter of fact, nobody wanted to water it. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, exactly. it was kind of it was kind of funny. I, I just I found that really really funny. I just found it an enjoyable part of the book as well. So when we when we do these high performance teams, right? And by the way, the, the book what people don't understand about this book is he literally gives you practical applicable applicable applicable. Wow applicable steps to actually pull off this for your own teams and uh, it's great and he's got so much here that in store it's called leaderboard the dna of high performance teams he's always giving you three hacks so what i we're, we're coming to the end here and so in so doing by the way first of all thank you for being on the show you've been an amazing oh, thank guest you very much. Uh, you've been absolutely fantastic so I always ask my guests if you can leave um, the listener with a new direction uh, in terms of leaderboard, the DNA for high performance, high performance team. What would Omar L. Harris leave a new direction? How, what would be his new direction for the listeners? 
So, so thank you very much, very much. This has been a fantastic conversation. I've really enjoyed us being in the kitchen together and having our adult beverage and uh, <laughs> having our meats and cheeses and having this great chat. And I hope the group who's around us has enjoyed the chat as well. I look forward to any questions that may come up. You can ask questions of me on LinkedIn or or my website. I look forward to answering any any questions or even this forum as well. But uh, I think the new direction that I would like everyone to take forward is the principle of servant leadership. And what I mean by that is what I was describing a little bit earlier in that when you get into a managerial function or you get into a higher leadership function, it's not about you. It's not about your own ego. Yes, you're getting paid more. Yes, you get more perks and that's fine. But those things come with a responsibility. And the responsibility is you have a responsibility to develop and to help people succeed. And you have it's a bigger deal than you can imagine. It's not about you. And I want leaders to today's leaders and tomorrow's leaders to take that very seriously. The global employee engagement crisis is an indictment of management. It's an indictment of leadership, the current leadership style. Uh, servant leadership is the way to turn that whole thing around by just by shifting our mindset around what our goal is as leaders, which is we have to serve and support. Our job is to lead from the front, as I mentioned before, know the way, show the way, and go the way. And and by changing our mind where about what our goal is and what our job is as leaders, it will transform the dynamic of your enterprise and you will have success that you've never seen before. So I, I want everyone to think about that as a new direction. And if they need any help with that, I'm here for this. Okay. All right. You just opened up a Pandora's box here. So do you have a few extra minutes? I have as long as you need. Okay, if you've got a few extra minutes, you know what we're going to do here? We're going to do bonus. We're going to do just a bonus few minutes because I want to talk more about, I want to talk a little bit about servant leadership because I believe that that is an absolute critical key to it. And I want to talk a little bit more about that in the bonus. So we're going to do bonus over time. All right, we're going to do some bonus coverage here. So if you're, if as you people are watching, listen, stay with us because uh, we're going to have more, we're going to have bonus, a few minutes of bonus coverage here talking with Omar L. Harris and his book, Leaderboard, the DNA of High Performance Team. He's broke teams. He's brought to you today by who else? Inline business brokers and advisors. They've been our sponsor from the very beginning. Look, they've literally helped thousands of clients in the sale and purchase of businesses. So when it's time to sell your business, contact the professionals at Inline Business Brokers and Advisors. You can learn more by going to inline.com. That's E-N-L-I-G-N.com. And Linda Crafted Team Realtors, uh, no matter where you're at in the world. and even, But you know what? They are located in Raleigh, North Carolina. So if you happen to be in Raleigh, you know what the truth is? You can actually come and find out per, in person why they are known as the legends of customer service when it comes to real estate. So you can learn more by going to lindacraft.com. That's L-I-N-D-A-C-R-A-F-T.com. And we are back here with Omar L. Harris. A little bit of overtime is what we're doing because he just he hit this last second shot to tie it up with um, servant leadership and then I went I cannot end on that as being our new direction there's no way I can do that because I want to talk about servant leadership because that's a Pandora's box that we've got to talk about so uh, we got a few minutes here let's dig into just a little bit if we can servant leadership and and what that really means because I don't know that when you know as somebody who coaches businesses and business executives and I try to explain servant leadership. It's really a hard concept sometimes for them to wrap their mind around. So maybe you can do a better job than I can. So what do we mean when we say to a business executive, a manager, what do we mean when we say servant leadership? So I, the way I try to describe it to, to my leaders is that uh, remind them that they're not value creators in an organization. Uh, and it's really hard for people to hear this. I'm a, I'm a senior executive, da, da, da. I'm not a value, it's like you're not a value creator. The people who create value, think about what you're selling. Think about who's selling it. Uh, and think about who the customer is. How far away are you from the customer? You're, you're eons away from the customer if you're sitting in an executive suite. You're eons away. You have no idea what the customer actually wants. You have numbers and charts and figures and graphs, but you have no actual insight into what the customer wants. You know who has the insight of what the customer wants? Your frontline salesperson. Hmm. So, Servant leadership means I need to go down or go, I, I call it going up because I believe in inverted triangles. I believe I, I'm at the bottom of my organization and my salesperson is at the top. But let's say if you're, uh, if you're thinking traditionally, you need to go down 
to your front line. Go out and meet your customers and, and understand what their what their challenges are. Then listen to your salespeople and understand what their challenges are. And to make it your mission in life to remove every barrier you can as fast as you can to that salesperson creating value for that customer. That is your job. And that's what every manager and leader's job is in an organization. And that's what servant leadership is to me. So is, do you find the barriers to servant leadership is the barrier ego? Typically? The barrier is ego. The, bar- the barrier is the same reason. The, the barrier is the same reason why with all the interactive communication technology we have today, uh, presenters still want to just talk from the stage and not actually listen to their audience. It's ego. It's about them. It's about what I have to say, not about what the audience wants to hear or what they need from me. Mm. It's ego. It's all self-serving. Right. So, so how do you, I'm, I'm asking you, right? I mean, listen, I'm like, I'm like going, okay, okay, Omar, you're going to be my psychologist here. So, <laughs> so, so how do we get people over their ego? What is What have you found to be successful? Because I'm sure you've had to deal with this where people have. You've had to deal with people with egos who go, man, you're gonna make well a servant. What? What? I'm a leader. What do you mean I gotta be? A How do you get people over that ego piece? What's your best? What's your it's, best uh, hack? It's really hard, um, but I think it comes with higher order missions. So I think that if the mission is not hard enough the people are not going to change their behavior. Mm. So the mission that we're working together has to be so audacious that it forces us to re- remove ego from the equation. So that's, I got that directly from good to great, which is, you know, level five leadership and, right. you know, big, hairy, audacious goals, right? You have to have these right. big goals. Super, I call them superordinate goals, goals that are bigger than any one person's position, goals that are so big that you can't get there by yourself. Um, and that, that unifies people and it, it helps people remove the ego and they'll be more willing to do things in a different way if they understand it's in service of the goal. So the first thing you have to do is get alignment to the goal, alignment to the mission. If you can do that, then changing managers' behaviors and orientation to the mission becomes a lot easier. So I think that that's, that's one way. If you don't like that way, if that way seems, appears to be too hard then you have to just tell the individual what's in it for them by changing the leadership style. So, you know, I, I've also used this approach, which is, you know, I, I focus on a person's individual. What is your individual goal? What are you trying to achieve? And I prove to them that by being a servant leader, they'll get there faster than that they would if they were trying to go by themselves. Mm, I love that. So, so uh, there's two ways and, and they both work. So I'm going to offer a third way. You ready? Buy the book. It's called Leaderboard. Buy the book. There you go. I love it. <laughs> Here's the third way. Buy this book. It's called Leaderboard, the <laughs> DNA of high-performance teams. You want to get everything that Omar has just said and more and his bonus coverage. He's been so gracious to us. I'm so grateful to him, and, and I want to just say thank you to him again. Buy the book. It's called Leaderboard, the DNA of high-performance team. Available Amazon, your favorite bookstore. It can, you can find it everywhere. It's absolutely fabulous. You've just heard several hacks. And he gave us a little overtime on top of it. Folks, this is the show. It's called A New Direction. We try to help you find a new direction in your life, your business, or your career. And I'm going to guarantee you that today, Omar Harris did that for you. Because he's done it. he did it for me. I've read this book. I'm going to read it again because it's been that inspirational for me. And it's changing my direction in the way I coach people and what I'm doing. And I could not be more grateful when somebody does that for me. And so I know he's doing that for you too as well. Thank you, folks, for joining us. I want to thank all my listeners from all over the world. You have been so gracious to me. Thank you to the 25 countries around the world that regularly tune in and listen to the podcast and wherever you're at and all the people who will listen to us live and the folks who listen to us at 93.5 FM, The Oak, and Raleigh, North Carolina. Thank you so much uh, for listening to us. And by the way, you can listen to us every Thursday uh, at 4 p.m. as the show replays, and then we replay it again Saturday mornings at 10 a.m., both Eastern Standard Time. And you can listen to that online as well. And I am so grateful for The Oak for giving us the opportunity to be on their programming schedule as well. You know what I say to you every week, right? Be inspired because when you're inspired, that means you can inspire. They can, you can inspire someone to do something like this, inspire someone else. And if we make that happen, this world can be such an amazing place. So stay inspired. And, when, and by the way, you know what I also say, right? As I end the show, because you know what? I don't believe in saying goodbye, but I do believe in saying ciao. 
because ciao is not a goodbye. Ciao means that we're going to see each other again. So as I say every week, ciao, everybody. See you next week. confidence and the answers don't make sense got to keep your hope alive you got to know you can survive this is your Dreams will take